What up, what up, what up? Welcome into a new edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will Weir checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me as he does each and every time, my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Manakis. Happy Sunday, my guy. Happy Sunday to you, my friend. Um, this ain't a beauty contest, Will. We're going to talk about some Celtics basketball on this episode, and the last <laughs> two games have not been pretty. Yeah, not not the prettiest by any measure, so we're going to get right into it. Before we do, real quick, just a shout-out to everybody that has followed us over here from our old feed, or if you're just enjoying me and Greg kind of hearing our voices here, uh, if you're used to us from our show with Adam, uh, appreciate y'all supporting. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all the good stuff that you need to do if you do enjoy our podcast, and as always, we really do appreciate it. But to your point, Greg, let's get down and gritty because that's what these last two games have been for the Celtics. So as we do every time after we rec- when we record right after a game, let's cue it up with a morning box score. Morning box score. Boston Celtics 103, Brooklyn Nets 92. The Celtics improved to 19 and 5 on the season. The Nets dropped to 13 and 12. For the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant 31 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists on 13 of 24 from the field. Kyrie Irving 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 of 6. And Nick Claxton 9 points and 14 rebounds. Swinging it over to the Celtics, Jalen Brown was en fuego in the first quarter. We will talk about that. 34 points and 10 rebounds, back to back double doubles for Jalen Brown, 5 of 9 from 3 on the night. Jason Tatum, slow start, a little bit of an up and down game, but finishes with 29 points and 11 rebounds to go along with four steals. Off the bench, Malcolm Brogdon, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, all in the absence of Marcus Smart. Celtics double up the nets on the fast break, 26 to 13, bring home a 103 to 92 victory. But as you mentioned, Greg, it wasn't pretty. It Celtics had 60 points at halftime, finished with 103. But at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. So you tell me where you want to start, because there's a few different plays we can go, and we can certainly loop in the, the Celtics' loss to Miami from Friday night into this game as well. For sure. Let's just start with the Jays, because the Jays, their box score tonight was ridiculous. Outside of Tatum's nine turnovers, which were abysmal, um, yeah. they played they played really well, even though it was like nitty-gritty, as you said. The two of them, when you look at these numbers, it's just mind-blowing. 20 for 39 from the field, 8 for 15 from three, 15 of 17 from the line, 21 rebounds, six steals, four blocks. Absolutely insane. And Jalen Brown, two games in a row, as you said, where he's showing not only is he an all-star 100% this year, he is definitely in that conversation for third-team All-NBA, maybe even second-team All-NBA, depending on how frequent performances like these are. Because JB has been the best player in the Celtics the last two nights. And that's something we've been saying all year is that yeah Tatum Tatum is the MVP candidate but there's no reason why game to game Jalen Brown can't outplay him and be the best player on the floor and he was the best player on the entire floor tonight in a game that included Kevin Durant Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving I mean this is what makes them and and we're going to have a discussion about this later in the week the best duos in the NBA I'm going to give away the you know I'm going to give it away right now this is what makes them currently the best duo in the league because of Jalen Brown's capacity to to be that guy that can step up and be the one and we've seen him do it in back-to-back games where really the Celtics didn't have a lot going on we'll get into that for different reasons but Jalen Brown had it going on 
Jalen Brown came out tonight and was five of five from three point range just in the first quarter Had 20 points in the first quarter alone. And as I mentioned, you talked about the turnovers with JT, but you know, it, it was something I was, I was sitting there during the beginning of the game. Right. And I was really concerned like, man, is Jason Tatum about to hit a funk as we go on this, this road trip here that the Celtics are now one game into a six game road trip. And really he showed a lot of resiliency being able to kind of bounce back from a really tough start, got into a groove in the second quarter and then kind of came back again once in the fourth quarter to be part of that group that could just really close it out. But I, I think you're totally right this tonight, especially, and they did a lot to the broadcast. Where they tried to compare Kyrie and Durant versus, you know, versus the Jays. And this right now, a game like this, in in which the Celtics weren't able to play the way that they want to play, minus a stretch from you know in the in the first half, and the Jays were the difference. The Jays were the difference that really separated the Nets and the Celtics tonight, and that's going to be the case in a lot of scenarios going forward, where when you look back at a matchup, and it's going to ultimately come down to yeah, there's this and yeah, there's that X, Y, and Z. We got the Jays, and you don't. And that's going to that's gonna be the difference for the Celtics a lot of nights. Yeah, and Tatum, you know, they showed before the game started, they showed clips of him working out with Drew Hanlon and Kevin Durant over the summer, which a lot of Celtics fans were worried about or whatnot. Early in the game, KD got the better of him in a couple of matchups where you're like, oh man, like maybe KD did that and was playing some mind games with Tatum over the summer because Tatum really gave it to him in the playoffs last year. But then when the fourth quarter rolled around, JT was just like waiting in the weeds for anything that Kevin Durant was going to do, culminating with that um, game ceiling steal that he had as Durant got into one of his rhythm dribbles. JT just completely picked his pocket. And Jalen Brown was also great in the same uh, same fashion today, playing help side defense off of Kevin Durant, just getting into his spaces, the pet spots that Kevin Durant likes to go. The Celtics did a really good job of taking those initial spaces away and really made KD work for it. And I don't know how many turnovers KD he had, had. So I was going to bring this up. He had eight turnovers. Yeah. So it feels kind of funny, right? Because I feel the same way that, Man, we did a really good job with KD tonight. The guy finished with 31, 7, and 5 on 13 of 24 shooting from the field. I yep. mean, he's 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 that special, but it really did feel like whether it was JT who picked him clean a couple times, not just at the end of the game. He had a couple of them throughout the night. Uh, the double teams were crisp. You talked about this a lot during the playoff series last year, knowing when KD, you know, puts the ball on the on the floor and the way that he hangs and when to when to kind of attack that hand of that hand before he can go up into his shot or before he can make a move. And it really feels like the Celtics have a great feel for Kevin Durant. And then it speaks to his greatness that he can still have a night like this. But it does feel like the Celtics are very comfortable with with having to go up against a team led by Kevin Durant. For sure. And then Kyrie, I mean, if the Nets are going to do anything this year, Kyrie has to be better than he was tonight. You know, I, I, I've i been watching a little bit of the Nets lately. I thought Kyrie's leadership on the floor tonight in general, just like, you know, kind of rallying the troops and getting them together to talk things through and motivate the team and be a leader with his words is important for Kyrie because, you know, that's kind of been a knock on him in the past is he's not a good vocal leader. And tonight, you know, the vocal leadership, I think, was there, but he also has to lead by example. And there just wasn't enough of that out of Kyrie Irving on either end of the floor. He had a couple hustle plays, you know, get, get extending possessions, getting extra shots, leading to three-point shots for Joe Harris. But in general, the Celtics really seem to have him figured out, too. And the Nets were 
really frustrated with the physicality that the Celtics were bringing at the point of attack on defense. They seemed to be looking at the refs, looking for calls all night. And the Celtics were actually, although we were a little bit annoyed as well by the high um, pickup points that the Nets were bringing, which caused a lot of the turnovers, got us out of sync, which is the same thing that the Heat did, which we can talk about here in just a second. The Celtics were actually the more composed of the two teams, and we ended up just getting the stops when it mattered down the stretch. And I can't say enough about Jalen Brown, man. Jalen, over the last two games, has been phenomenal. He's been um, the lightning rod for criticism this year as you know a, a seemingly perfect season. We're looking, we're nitpicking as fans and as analysts trying to figure out what this team could improve. And a lot of times it comes down to what can Jalen Brown improve? And he's just answering the call, man. And shout out to him. You know, I'm a, I'm a JB Stan. So um, I I love everything that Jalen's done over the last two games. And he he's truly, truly taken another step in his development forward. Yeah. I mean, makes sense why Brooklyn was like, JB or bust if we're going to trade Kevin Durant, you know, and of course they wanted more on top of that. But, you know, Jalen Brown, as we did, as we talked about in our last episode, when we did our, you know, all NBA, he's in that he's going to be in that mix this year. You know, there's it's seemingly like there's going to be no doubt about it. Like you said, third team seemed like maybe where he's going for. Maybe there's a second team opportunity in there. I know. And on my personal list, I was kind of going back and forth of, of where he's going to be. And so it seems like this could be the year. All star feels like a foregone conclusion at this point for, for Jalen Brown. Um, but that all NBA and that super max potential does look like it's going to be on the table. Let's pivot to to talking a little bit, and let's bring in the Miami game, which the Celtics lost on Friday night, 120 to 116, despite Jalen Brown banking that incredibly exciting three-point shot uh, at the end of regulation, which if you are listening and joined us on playback, we do appreciate y'all. That was a really fun game, despite the loss, uh, to be kind of kicking it with y'all. We'll be doing more of that throughout the season. Stay tuned. Follow us at Green Envy Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Hit up the YouTube page. We'll make sure to let y'all know. But... You alluded to this already. In both of those games, the Celtics felt out of rhythm for what they've done offensively throughout this entire season. It felt a lot more one-on-one, matchup hunting. Uh, There wasn't the ball movement to it. And this Nets game was really interesting because the first maybe five or six possessions, my first thought was this is a heat hangover game where we're, we're doing the same mistakes offensively that we were doing, you know, in, in the Miami game. And then it felt like something flipped in about the middle of the first quarter. And it really felt like from then until about halftime or so, it was like, all right, we're back to pushing the tempo a little bit, moving the ball. Um, and then in the second half, we kind of regressed into some of those, those other, those bad habits that are just not the way that we were the best offensive team in the history of the National Basketball Association. So we know the Heat like to muck it up. The Nets seem to to try to follow suit. What have you been seeing these last two games that has slowed down, relatively speaking, for the Celtics, their offense? Well, I think just when you run a five-out um, pass and cut, you know, drive and kick type of offense that the Celtics are running where there's a lot of off-ball action, a lot of screening, a lot of slipping of screens. So you, as a defense, you have to be really locked in on all of those actions and you need to prepare for it. So in the first game against the Heat, obviously they were a little bit underprepared for exactly the uh, the buzzsaw that is the Celtics offense. And then game two, you know, it's a back-to-back, which is why we like these back-to-backs in the regular season because you kind of get a feel for what it might look like game-to-game in a playoff scenario. And it seemed like in game two, pickup points were a lot higher, just a lot more handsy, a lot more physical 
not letting guys cut through the lane unchecked. You know, anytime someone's cutting through the lane, you got to put a body on them. You can't let as much freedom of movement as as uh, the Heat allowed and as teams have been allowing the Celtics to do throughout this season. And there is a blueprint to stopping teams like the Celtics, um, like the Warriors back, you know, back in the day when everyone was worried about what it's like going up against that juggernaut of an offense. But then Steph Curry's an offense unto himself, right? But I mean, even thinking back to like Matthew Dellavedova, when Matthew Delvadova Good old Deli, a was, Deli like giving, <laughs> was just giving Steph Curry a little <laughs> bit of issues in the playoffs just because he was more physical and he really had Steph really, really had to work to still be great. And it's just been so easy for the Celtics because teams are just not prepared for what this offense can be when it's been functioning and the level that it's been functioning. And over the last two games, you just saw teams that were just a little bit more prepared for what that's going to look like. They really bogged things down. And then to your point that you were just making about matchup hunting, this is something that you and I were talking about during the game. The Celtics, for whatever reason, hate Tyler Hero, and they really want to go at him just because of how he did. White boy alert. The white boy alert, the bubble boy alert, like all that stuff with Tyler Hero, they treat him like other teams treat Sam Hauser. And we were just matchup hunting the entire fourth quarter mm-hmm. against the Heat. Tatum was just like, too. yeah, just get me the ball against Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero, you know, he he fought hard and he made some nice plays on the defensive end and it got us out of our rhythm. And the Heat, I think, have kind of unlocked a blueprint for the rest of the league to follow. Now this is a great starting point for the Celtics because no one has really matched um, our offense with the physical defense yet this year. And now we can start to see the adjustments that Missoula and the, and the guys will make knowing that the blueprint is out there for how to at least slow us down. Yeah, the, the ironic part about the the Tyler Hero hunting is how many times has it been brought up, whether on the broadcast or in interviews with Marcus Smart and others after the game? Yeah, one of the benefits is that teams just get out of their offense and go attack Sam Hauser. And you would think that that would be something that we're aware of not to go white boy hunting as well. But, you know, it, it, it happens. It, it's something, like I said, at the end of the day, if you have Jason Tatum versus Tyler Hero, you're going to feel pretty good about that matchup. So I, it's it's an understandable, you know, uh, thing to do when you're trying to get that matchup. But it's just not what has made this team. And to your point, you know, I, I asked before the Miami Heat game, Jimmy Butler was back. Who, by the way, just I, I watched his shots again that he hit in the end of the game. Absurd. You know, what are you going to do? That that dude... After missing, like, weeks of play, how do you come <laughs> back and just hit shots like that? That's not weeks, supposed to happen. Weeks, weeks of play, and it wasn't as if, you know, he was on fire throughout that game, you know? Like, I'm trying to pull up Jimmy Butler's stats for the game. He was 12 of 21, and in the last three shots he hit were absurd. Absurd. Like, well-covered, fading away, just, you know, I, I tip your cap to him on that. You know, yeah. that's, that's what makes Jimmy, you know, a different player. But I asked before that game, and you know, I, maybe I shouldn't have for a little bit of adversity. I was excited that Jimmy Butler was back, wanted to see what would happen. And really, these last two games, we've seen the Celtics have to have to overcome that adversity of hey, everything doesn't work out as perfectly planned, like it had been for the last 10, 12 games, or most of the season, to be honest, except for the you know, a couple stretches against the Bulls and Cavs, it's felt almost too easy. But to see them be able to work through it in a game like they did against the Nets, which we're recording right after, you know, it it is something that is this team's going to have to find ways to win in different styles. And we've talked about it before. When you're in the end game, when you're in the championship end game, it all comes down to versatility because it's great that you can run up and down. And if you have one thing that you're just better at than everybody, that's fantastic. When you get to the playoffs, someone's going to knock you in the teeth and say, OK, cool, we're going to take that away. What are you going to do next? 
And that's what this team is now kind of learning out. What's our counter? What's what's our ways that we can muck it up? Or if we get mucked up, how do how do we counter that? And so, you know, watching these last two games, one and one, you know, Miami's a really good team. That was the second game of back to back or back to back mini series like we talked about. And so it's really hard to complain because. You know, the Celtics are now 19 and five, 19 Mm. and five have not played great in two games against two teams that we expect to be at least in the mix come playoff time. And you're still coming out for the most part on top. So it's really hard to complain too much, but I do enjoy seeing the Celtics try to battle through. Yeah. And then we have another game coming up um, tonight for those of you that are listening against the Toronto Raptors who are going to present a lot of the same issues with versatile wings. You know, our guy S talking about OG Ananobi being defensive player of the year. Pascal Siakam's back. You know, I love Scotty Barnes. Um, Fred Van Vliet's been playing okay for them. Uh, they got Christian Coloco manning the interior. They just got a lot of guys, Delano Banton, who, who causes some problems for us. So we have another game coming up tonight in which the Celtics, hopefully, um, you know, when they get challenged, they're going to rise to the occasion again. We probably won't have Al Orford as he hasn't been playing mm-hmm. second night of back-to-backs, but we will have Marcus Smart. I'm assuming they sat him uh, tonight so that he could be ready for the game tomorrow. So you're not maybe missing Horford and Smart and in the same game. Um, so what are your thoughts looking forward to this Raptors game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be another challenging back-to-back. Uh, Celtics are so far, I believe, 5-0 and on the front end of, of back-to-backs. Um, this is going to be a really tough one. This is a game where you really like to have a guy like Al Horford and specifically actually having Rob Williams in a game like this is, is something that you're going to actually feel the impact of. And when you take out both of those guys, I can assume for the most part, this has been where Blake Griffin gets slotted into the starting lineup. And I actually kind of like the way they've been managing the Blake Griffin is you're not really going to play when we have our full rotation, but when we need to rest, you're just going to start. We're going to get you mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And so you're going to know that, Hey, just keep the gas tank ready. And when you're called upon, you know, you can kind of go all out without having to worry about having those reserves. <laughs> but I, I think this is going to be a super challenging game for the Celtics being on that back to back about to go hit the West Coast. Um, you know, but the Raptors have not have been struggling a little bit lately as well, too. So Pascal Siakam, once again, another great test for the wings of the Celtics. Uh, I think in this one, the Celtics are going are, are gonna to need to put out their best effort. They're going to have to be able to move the ball a little bit better than they have been in these last couple of games. Yeah, we and, can't go ISO ISO for ISO with, with, uh, with the Raptors. That's exactly. what they love to do. 100%. That's going to play right into their hands. So that's the biggest key is how do they get back to playing that Joe Missoula ball that they were playing at the beginning of the year, playing with tempo, moving the ball. If they can do that, I like their chances. But I do think this is a game that – definitely has an opportunity to kind of nip the Celtics in the butt a little bit. Are you betting the over in tomorrow's game? Cause tonight Ooh. was one of the, one of the first unders that like wasn't even close to the yeah, over. Wasn't even close. I, I'll have to see what that line is. I don't have it pulled up right now for me. I don't know if it's, if it's out there. My guess is that I'm, I'm going to chill on the over for a little bit here right now, especially, you know, it was really easy to bet the over for a little bit. Celtics, Celtics at home on a six game. Celtics, Celtics at home scoring game. over 120 every single yeah. game. It was hard to find a line that you didn't feel good about. But when I look at the offense over these last two games, it feels like we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. And I think I think the you know Nick Nurse, the Raptors, he's a really good coach. They're gonna they're absolutely gonna follow the blueprint of these last two games. So I, I would probably put the brakes on the over for tomorrow is going to be my assumption or tonight I should say by the time this podcast comes out. I really hope the Celtics are ready for this uh, this road trip because we have we have a very tough road trip that's happening right now. This was the first game 
on that six game road trip. We got the Raptors tonight and then we're heading out to the West, right? I don't know the exact order in which we're playing the teams, but I know more or less what teams we're playing, right? Yeah, I got I got it pulled up here. Give me one second. So we're going to be in Toronto the night of this recording as it's going up Monday night. Then we're going out West for Phoenix on Wednesday. We've got the Golden State Warriors, so two days off. Then we've got a NBA Finals rematch on Saturday against the Golden State Warriors, followed by back-to-backs in L.A. against the Clippers and Lakers Monday, Tuesday, before getting two days off to fly home. So Toronto, Phoenix, Golden State, Clippers, and Lakers are the next five for the Celtics. Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, we have to be ready for for what we're going to see out west. The travel is going to be, you know, wearing on us. We're going uh above the border to toronto so we got to deal with like customs and all that stuff so there's like a lot more hopefully um, everybody brought their passport after uh abby chin and and scal both talking about they almost forgot their passports hopefully the the members of the team actually brought their passports yeah which guy on the team do you think would be most likely to forget his passport that's a great question great question who would be well i would say rob would be my my first answer but since he's likely not traveling with the team for this one or maybe he is um the next candidate on the list would be oof. this is a really tough one i i don't he's just so far and away the number one answer <laughs> i'm 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 having trouble trying to think of who the next guy would be, who, like would be do you have a backup picture. answer yeah that's that's probably a good one you know, we were watching the game the other night and they were doing um, they were comparing the offseason workouts of Jalen Brown yeah. and Peyton Pritchard doing the the workouts in the pool. And Peyton Pritchard looked at the guy who's like, yeah, let's have a couple of high noons. I'll work out and you know, take a couple of photos. And he, he could he seems like the one that would be most yeah. forgetful. That's that's a great call. He's, he's yeah, the next for sure. One yeah, but out west, you know, I the Suns game uh, obviously is going to be a huge matchup. They don't have Chris Paul yet. But Devin Booker is playing at an MVP level. DeAndre Ayton has been a real problem. We will have Al Horford for that game. So I think that's also a game where Luke Cornett could do some damage. That's just going to be fun to see how we match up against just another buzzsaw team that just executes really well with some good wing defenders on that squad. Um, and then the Warriors, obviously, the finals rematch, which we'll get into later in the week uh, yeah. when we when we preview, when we record on Wednesday night. So we'll probably... The game is Wednesday, right? So we'll probably Game's Wednesday. Likely we'll record probably before that, just with the late West Coast game. It's okay. kind of hard to to get those in. So we'll probably do that prior to the Suns game. But we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Toronto coming up tonight, followed by Phoenix, Golden State, and the two LA teams. For now, though, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, some rumors were spreading over the weekend about the Miami Heat having interest in Grant Williams. So we'll dig into that a little bit and then hit y'all with the vibe check. All right, Greg. So we've talked a little bit about where the Celtics are at right now as a team coming off this victory against the Nets. But also of note, over the weekend, there was a report that the Miami Heat have honed in on Grant Williams as a player of interest via trade. Of course, interesting timing with the Heat being in town for two games last week. Um, What was your first thoughts just when you saw the report? We'll get into the, you know... If this is even something that's worthy of consideration, what were your initial thoughts when you just saw this kind of buzzing around over the weekend? Credential check. <laughs> that was my thoughts. Like that's absolutely not happening. 
There's just no way. Like maybe they're going to like sign him away and like give him an offer sheet just to mess with the Celtics. I mm-hmm. could see that happening just for, you know, playoff rivals and whatnot. They want to you know, mess up our cap sheet, offering him like 25 million or whatever they could offer. I don't even know what they could offer. Yeah. Um, but it just, there's no way that the Boston Celtics would ever trade Grant Williams to the Miami heat because Grant is like a prototypical Miami heat player. And I think he would thrive He's- in heat culture as well. He- He's basically a souped up version of what they had from PJ Tucker last year, which is a spot they never filled on their team for this season, losing him to the Philadelphia 76ers. And you get a guy like Grant, who we're seeing, keeps adding to his bag. You know, PJ Tucker's bag keeps deflating. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, it's been made multiple times this year. That PJ Tucker is now just carrying a wallet. Yeah, basically. (laughs) There's no no more bag. He's, yeah. PJ Tucker is there for intimidation and intimidation only. That's that's his main trait on the court at this point. And the Sixers signed him for three years, 30 million. So good luck to y'all. But, you know, with Grant Williams, we've seen he's had great games, back-to-back games against against the Heat. You know, in the game that they lost, he was probably the second best player for the Celtics behind Jalen Brown. Tonight, he was the guy that got it started when the Celtics didn't have anything going, scored the first seven points of the game tonight. And, you know, like I, I obviously get the Heat interest in that, but as a trade partner, I just rolled my eyes when I saw this. What are they giving it's, that's, that's the other part of this is it makes no sense for a team. Number one, it's a, it's a rival team that we're competing against. Uh, and we're on the precipice of going, of, of being, you know, we're the, right now the best team in the NBA record-wise and are on the precipice of trying to make a return to the NBA Finals. So you have to get something back of value. It's not just going to be, oh, I'm scared he might leave in free agency. Well, you know, that's kind of the game you play sometimes. And the Celtics know that. So they're not just going to go ahead and give them away. They'll they'll risk it, and they can match a qualifying offer. So you're not just going to give them away for nothing. And when you look at the Miami Heat roster, I, I just don't see where there's a match in, in any way. I mean, the one guy that would have probably before this year maybe stood out to me a little bit is maybe a return of Max Struess or quote-unquote return of Max Struess. But when you have Sam Hauser, who I would still say Struess is probably the better overall player than Sam Hauser, but... You have the main thing you'd be looking for from Struce. You're getting from Hauser, and you're getting it from Grant. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, so it just, there just isn't a match. Even if the Celtics are worried that the qualifying or that someone, whether it's the Heat or somebody else, is going to come in and make a qualifying offer that's a little too rich for their blood, which is a distinct possibility. I, I think there's, I think there's a very, very little chance that they don't just play it out as opposed to making a move to saying we're afraid of losing this guy for nothing. Yeah, and, you know, Danny Ainge and Pat Riley hate each other. So with Ainge no longer in the Celtics organization, like maybe there's an increased chance that Brad Mm -hmm. Stevens tries to like open some sort of door into the Miami Heat culture and there's some weird exchanging of goods going on. But I just don't think that that's going to happen, man. I just really don't. I, Um, I just can't find a path that it would make sense to strengthen a rival hurt yourselves and i i can't see a pick in the future being worth it which we've seen brad obviously does not care much about picks so i can't see that being an enticing enough reason to go ahead and move him to a team like the heat maybe now listen i'm not saying the celtics can't entertain the idea of trading grant before the trade deadline because it is a very real possibility that you ideally you don't want to lose talent for nothing and maybe there's a deal, but I just don't think it's with the Miami Heat. I don't think their roster and what they have to offer makes any sense. Grant is the only guy on the team that really does what he does as well. So, like, 
if you're looking at roster redundancy, there's other areas in mm-hmm. which you could trade like a similarly contracted player. Like you could trade one of the three headed guards. You could trade Brogdon, White or Smart if you like really were looking to make some sort of deal. That I would say probably deal one of those guys before you're going to deal or, Grant. Or, or, or Peyton Pritchard in a pick. Yeah, you know, like, like, like some, that's that's something that makes more sense than than trading Grant Williams. Yeah, Grant, who's your best small ball five option, who who can like play, he can guard two to five. Like mm-hmm. he can't really guard point guards that well, but he can definitely guard two guards. And he's done an okay job guarding point guards. Like I thought he did a pretty solid job when he was matched up with Kyrie. He can guard up and guard Kevin Durant. Um, Grant's just a really good player, man. He's a solid defensive player and he's adding to his bag as we've been saying. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think there's a world in which the Celtics give up on Grant Williams and say, Oh, we're just going to trade him for something, especially to the heat. doesn't make sense. I don't know who it was that actually put that report out there. I didn't do a credential check on that guy, but I really, that was the first thought that came to mind. Yeah. It was from, uh, Greg Sylvander, uh, five on the floor. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If it's a first name, Greg, the first, rule come out check get out out, jerry get out get out while you can uh those guys are slippery you never you never want to trust a greg or a craig for that matter (laughs) neither one neither (laughs) as being greg's alter ego on this show uh someone you don't want to trust but yeah i just i i don't see any path forward on this this is something that i just like i said rolled my eyes at kind of kept it moving i get why the heat would have interest but it doesn't feel like there's any way that this would become mutual agreed agreed Let's move on. Let's move on. And with that, as we do on every Monday show here, let's go ahead and cue up a vibe check. All right, Greg, vibe check time. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to take it? Um, I feel like I've been going first. So why don't let's let's let you go first on this vibe check. Tell me, Will, what is it that you're vibing with or not vibing with these days? Player tributes. I'm going Scrooge on this one here. Tis the holiday season. So as I'm watching the Celtics Nets game tonight. One of the benefits of watching League Pass, a lot less commercials, and I, I love checking out the in-game entertainment from whether it's the Celtics or you know an opposing team on the road. Tonight, Blake Griffin, Brooklyn Nets legend Blake Griffin, got a tribute video in between the first and second quarter. Yeah, it does make let sense. Me, let, let me real quick just tell you what Blake Griffin's credentials were for a player tribute. Two seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. Played a total of 82 games, averaged 18 minutes per game, and a whopping 7.5 points and 4.3 rebounds. Greg, it's out of control. Listen, like I, I, I know who cares. Let's just celebrate everybody. Kumbaya. Let's all mm-hmm. be happy. Let's all vibe. This is what this is. It's a vibe check. Well, I'm going the opposite way. We got to stop this. It's nonsense. I mean, what are we, are we going to do one for Aaron Neesmith when he comes back? When the Pacers come to town, are we doing one for Aaron Neesmith? Like, it's just ridiculous. It just, for me, I think it's really cool when it's meaningful, mm-hmm. but we're devaluing how yeah. meaningful it really is if we're just doing it for a guy who has a name that comes back that was a pit stop in his career. Yeah, it cheapens, it cheapens the tribute, yes. for sure. And Blake, I mean, it's probably the same feeling he gets 
when at the end of the game, Celtics fans are chanting for him like he's Taco Fall to get in the game. <laughs> he's just like, you got guys like I was I was a all NBA performer not that long ago. He's been an MVP candidate in multiple seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's it's really sad. But in general, I agree with you. Those tribute videos. I don't know if it's like organizationally, they're just like, you know what? We want all players to see that they're going to be loved and cherished. So we want to like put out a good, you know, uh, public face for all players that might come here in mm-hmm. the future. Celtics, like maybe if we're like, all right, let's tribute to Aaron Neesmith and Crash Neesmith. Like, is there a world in which Aaron Neesmith? I, I, I don't know if we have enough highlights. Celtics. Yeah, I don't know if we have enough highlights. I think we do. I, I know. I, mean, I know. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm being. I'm being a little mean right now, but I'm just trying to get my point across. But yeah, I, I think that's a lot of of what it is is trying to show players that hey, listen, we take care of ours, even if ours is a very loose term when it comes to something like this. But listen, I know some people are going to say, hey, man, lighten up, have a sunny disposition towards it. It's not a big deal. Who's it harming? I like to hold – you got to draw a line somewhere. This is where I'm drawing a line. Blake Griffin on the Brooklyn Nets, not vibing with a player tribute. Love it. Love it. All right. I'm going to give you an option. Okay, here. Do, do you do you want my relationship vibe check, my basketball ch- vibe check, or my social media vibe check? Let's go social media. Okay. I am vibing with the Lensa app in the AI pictures. I think it's so cool. It's so, so glad funny. You brought this up. Um I so I saw people posting it and I was like, what do you, AI pictures? Like, what even is this thing? So I downloaded the app. It was like a free trial. And then if you want to like get your avatars, your AI pictures created, basically what you have to do is send 10 selfies to the app and it's going to go ahead and create avatars of you in all these different environments. And I was like, you know what? It's worth five bucks just to see what it looks like. Like maybe as a, as an artist, musician, maybe I'll get some sort of content out of it. Maybe I'll get like a cool album cover that I didn't expect to get worth five bucks. And then when I got the pack back, it was absolutely hysterical to see the different environments that they put me in. One of them was like um, like a, a romance novel adventure hero where I'm like in every single picture, I'm shirtless and buff and like my like chin. Ride, are you riding a horse in some of them? Like <laughs> I wish, I wish, but like I could, I could see um, what's her face from Stranger Things, the one that loves Billy, the mom that's obsessed with yep. Billy. I could see her just like reading a book with that character on the cover and i was just howling laughing at the variety of not only environments that they put me in the different body types that they put me in and then some of the pictures like the ai clearly just messed up and it doesn't look anything like me so i was just i i was just dying laughing at it and then in general i just like when there are these little like flashes of, of of genius that happen across social media where everybody is just like, I'm doing this thing. I'm so excited about this thing. I'm going to do the Lensa app too and post it because everyone's posting it. And then it's like within hours, people are already like, oh, everyone's doing it. I'm not hopping on the trend. It's just so funny. It's a good social experiment and I appreciate those things. So I, I saw your photo earlier and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder, you know, if that's, you know, some are like some artistic friend that that you have that was like, hey, check this out, you know, mm-hmm. did this. And then I started to see it in a handful of more places. And I was like, where's everybody getting these from? And it was just one of those things that I saw, but I didn't really look into. So I'm glad that you brought it up. And and so this is to make sure I'm understanding this right. So you you submit a picture and then it's some type of AI drawing or like i i don't i i I saw something going around on social media earlier this week 
that you can just type in random stuff to, and maybe this is the same company that we're talking about here. And the one that I saw was, I think, Otter drinking Coke on a plane. And then it just like somehow, it just like comes up with a picture for you. And they kind of looked similar now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, and it's, I mean, it looks kind of cool. I, I I don't really know too much what to make of it. So do you give it information that it puts you in, like you said, it puts you in almost looking like you're in an erotic novel, the covers of an erotic novel. Did you give it any more information? Or you just submit the photos, like you said, and then it, it just does its thing. Yeah, submit 10 photos. They have to be in different environments, uh, different facial angles, and they can't have anybody else in there. And then it just goes yeah. ahead and creates – like I'm an astronaut in a couple of them. I think uh, I saw Kevin O'Connor had one where he was like an astronaut or something. As well. Yeah. I'm, and like sure, every, I'm sure they have like 12 settings that are just like – they just throw people in. But Yeah, but you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll send you a couple of these pictures if, if you do want to cut up a video of this segment just in case you can put those <laughs> up. But they're absolutely hysterical. Um, I had a blast with it. I think I did probably get about five or six pictures where I was like, oh, I could actually use this uh, for content at some point. Uh, so I, I think it was worth the $5 and I highly recommend it to anyone that just wants to get on the trend before it's completely over. And I'm sure this technology will just continue to grow and eventually yeah. like a lot more people will be just like creating content this way, which, you know, isn't great for artists out there. But so that was my next question, up. because this is how it got brought to my attention. Like, it's one thing that this exists, like, that's fine. But now we're calling this art. Like this is like this is this is the new art that is just this AI algorithm algorithmic, you know, uh, version of it, and I don't know how I feel about that. Right? Like that's one of those. That's one of those. So I mean, all social media is kind of a give and take at a yep. certain point. And so it's, you know, do I want to contribute to this or at the end of the day, do I really care? <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't care if I do do or don't, you know, but that is something interesting to think about. But yeah, so send me over the link. We'll take a look. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll throw a couple photos together. We'll see. Um, but I do, I do think it looks cool. I will tell you that. I do think that your photo came out looking pretty cool for it. So uh, maybe, maybe it is something that we need to check into. Maybe, maybe we'll, well, you only, you can only do selfies is the thing though, right? I say maybe yeah. we can do something for the, for the pod, but maybe that's the next evolution of this AI technology yeah. and we can, we can do one together. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Well, let's wrap up this edition here of Green with Envy. That's going to do it for you boys here, Will and Greg. Uh, any final thoughts here, Greg? And let us know what we're going to hear on the way out. Um, no final thoughts. The one more thing King is, uh, is resting right now. Will he'll be <laughs> back at some point though. He'll be ruling with vengeance. Uh, you're going to hear some music from my band down here in Austin, Texas. We are called black sheep Optimist. You can find us on all streaming platforms and this is our newest release. Also our intro music. This one is called skywalking feeling good, feeling great. Peace. everybody. Peace. I wish it that I never seen the stars in your eyes A glimpse of what I'm missing, thinking it's a mirage Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe But I stay for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes Don't be casual feelings when it's only a vibe Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy You know the one thing different is the state of your mind I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote But I'll be doing this shit finally if I didn't have hope Cause you know that that embodied that's what go with the flow I can sing a different song if I cannot hit the notes You had me taking off when you took off your clothes It should be coming down by now But I won't